No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome back to This Is Not A Backup Plan. I am so excited for you to hear this week's interview. I interviewed Lily Shimbashi, who created The Sports-ish. The Sports-ish is not your boyfriend's sports news. It's sports news with a pop culture twist. So it's about like fashion, relationships, the dating, the families, all the fun, cute stories that surround sports. And as someone who has always been surrounded by sports my entire life, but never really connected with it, I really resonate with what Lily's doing and it's just a delight. So I was really curious in what led Lily to build this. I was curious about what ambitions she had had earlier in her life and how they had culminated in the sports-ish and also how some of her hopes and dreams and goals may have changed as she created it. So I can't wait for you to hear this interview. I think you'll really love hearing about Lily's story and hearing about what she's doing now that she is creating the project that she has conceptualized of for so long. All right, Lily, thank you so much for joining me. I've been really excited to chat with you. Will you start out by giving just a brief introduction to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Lily Shimbashi, and I am the founder of The Sportsish, which is a platform designed to bring women into the mainstream fold of sports fandom by using methods that really appeal to them and them only. You know, you think of fashion or pop culture, even more of the human interest side of the sports game rather than the stats or the scores or, you know, a lot of what you see on mainstream sports media. And we try and take a different angle to bring people who like sports-ish into becoming fans. I love like the concept so much. I've grown like up in a very sports family and it's just like never appealed to me. I've spent a lot of time watching things or going to things with people I care about. And I've had a fun time, but like the following of it has like never appealed to me. So I really have enjoyed the work you're doing because I'm like, oh, wait, this is the kind of stuff that like I'm interested in. Like this is fun. Yeah, totally. That's that's the goal is there are a lot of people just like you who don't really care about all these rules and regulations in a normal sporting event. They kind of like to go for the snacks and the maybe like the fun atmosphere, the t-shirt throwing into the stands, etc. But we can bring people into, like I said, the fold of sports fandom by just using different methods than your everyday sports news uses. That's our punchline is not your boyfriend's sports news. One thing that I really love about it too is sports get taken so seriously in a way that typical feminine interests do not get taken seriously. And I feel like your podcast 
highlight some of the silliness of sports, like your podcast and your content in a way that I don't feel like is punching down, but in a way that I feel like is a little bit more like leveling and equalizing. Like it's not this holy thing. It's this thing that people love and are passionate about. And it's also silly and we made it up and it's fun. And I just like that leveling. I think that's a really fun element. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, one of my favorite things to say, like sports are like cute. Let's be honest. These are like guys on the sidelines, like tapping each other's bums after they put a ball through a basket. Like it's fun. It's cute. And it's, it is silly and it can be, there's nothing that I like to make fun of more than a sports fan who's taking it way too seriously. I love that. So today we're kind of talking about ambition and like in my mind, I've been calling it like aspiration journeys, just the way that like our goals in life change and related to our careers change. So I'd love to hear a little bit about like the background and the journey that brought you from like who you were as a kid, what you loved to being the person you are now who's created this platform. Totally. I grew up in a very sports dominant household. We talked about that. We had that in common. I really was surrounded by sports from the moment I was born. My dad worked in professional sports. And so he was at the head of um, many professional teams for years. So I grew up, I was born into an NBA family. He was with the Jazz and then the Knicks. And then he transitioned when I was about 12. He started working with the NHL and, and then also the MLS, Major League Soccer. And then as I got older, he had a hand in the MLB he um, helped start the New York Liberty, which was the first WNBA team. So basically, sports were thrown at me from a very early age. And it's just what we did. It's what we did. And it's what we talked about. It's what we digested. And then I also am the youngest of six. And four of my siblings are boys. So I have four brothers, older brothers, that all lived, ate, and breathed sports And I was very much not blessed with that athletic ability that my brothers were blessed with. Even my sister is much more athletic than I am. And that kind of became apparent early on, like third grade softball memories of me just like really struggling and like fifth grade basketball memories of also just really struggling. And so I decided to channel the like sports energy into a different outlet. And that outlet was broadcasting. So I specifically remember watching an NBA game and I think I was seven and seeing like the sideline reporter and it was like, oh, yes, like a light bulb went off. That's what I want to do. That sounds fun. Like I'm an extrovert. I like to talk like that sounds exactly what I want to do. And plus, then I'll get to be surrounded by sports like my dad. And that sounds great. And it was never a question for me on can I be a mom and have a career? I always in my mind wanted to do both, always knew I could do both. And we'll get to the kids later. But it never was a hesitation for me to chase after a career because I wanted to be a mom. And I think my parents really helped me see that my mom went back to school when I was young, and got her master's in social work. And she's a marriage and family therapist. And so she worked. And my dad obviously worked and they were also parents. So it was never like a question on if I could do both. I went to high school and in high school, I helped start my school news station. And I was the first sports reporter on New Canaan High School television, which is the high school I went to. And then I went on to BYU is where I attended school. And I was a sports reporter there. I was in the broadcast program. I was a sports anchor on Coogtube is 
it's actually done away with now, which is so sad and probably ages me a lot. But that was like the sports specific show every week on Fridays. And I was a sports anchor. And I really, I loved my time there and in the broadcast program. And it was, I'm going to do this. I had internships with the Yankees, with KUTV, with KSL. Like I just digested sports media and I knew what I wanted to do. And it's very clear cut in my mind. And I graduated and I got a job with an NBA team and it was the jazz. And my husband was also attending school. So it was perfect. I worked and he attended school and I was a broadcast assistant for the jazz. I had two specific experiences there that kind of shifted my mindset on what I wanted to do. And the first was a little bit more on the serious side, but I was in the TV truck and the TV truck is just where the magic happens. It's where they put like the shows together. And so I was helping with graphics that night. I basically was helping, you know, like communicate what was happening in the game to the graphics guys. And then they would make the graphic and they would put it up on the screen. And that's what you would see live on TV. And there was a reporter who's asking her question. She's practicing actually. It was before the show went live and she was a female sports reporter. And um, I say this a lot, but if you're a female in the sports world, whether you are like an athlete or a fan or a broadcaster, you are going to be in the minority. And there's this stigma around sports that it's a man's thing and that they own it. And that if you're a female in it, either you're not as athletic enough as the males, of course, or you're not smart enough as the male fans. And I watched that night, like these men in this TV truck, and this is not a male bashing situation, but it was an unfortunate experience that really had an effect on me. But they were calling this female sports reporter's questions stupid. And they were just kind of like playing off each other. And oh, she's so dumb. These questions are so dumb. And I wanted to stand up and be like, you guys do not have a fraction of the courage that she has. She's going on live on television in front of millions of people and presenting herself. And anyways, like you guys are just sitting here making fun of her. But I didn't. I like felt silent. I felt completely helpless, but I just, I sat there and I was like, I don't think I want to do this. I don't think I want to be judged by men for the rest of my life for not knowing enough when it comes to sports. And that's what happens with these female sports reporters. Like they're either known as eye candy or they're not like well-versed enough or I've heard it. I've heard it all. And then the second experience is just a little bit funnier. And it's, I was courtside that night helping the TV team and we were playing the Houston Rockets and the Houston Rockets at the time had James Harden. He's like big with the big beard, he's very tall. He's very broad and he's like, he's a specimen. I don't even know how else to describe him. Like he's just a big guy and he's got this big beard. And I was looking at him and I was like, that guy, I know that guy, that guy dated a Kardashian. I know that. And, but I didn't know, I didn't remember which one. Obviously, the Kardashians have really dated a lot of NBA players. <laughs> and so I started Googling on my phone. And at the time, I was in charge of taking stats, writing them down, and handing them to the broadcasters who would then read them on air. And I completely missed this like very important stat. And these guys are looking at me like, what are you doing? We need you. We need you. You just missed this. Like We're supposed to read this on air. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was down this Google rabbit hole with James Harden. And did you know he dated Khloe Kardashian? And did you know they have this tumultuous relationship? And these guys are looking at me like, what is wrong with you? We don't care. We don't care. And then started talking about stats. And I was like, I don't care about that. And it was this like aha moment where I thought there is a side of the sports world that I know there are so many people like me that we have interest. It's just not in the same way that you do. And sports are fun. Sports can be really fun to follow. But I personally love like a human interest piece side of the game rather than like how many points James Harden scored. I'd way rather know about his relationship with Khloe Kardashian. And so I started like coming up with the brand in my mind and said, I'm going to create a place. I'm going to create a place and it's going to be women only. (laughs) It's going to be for girls and it's going to be a place where we can come together and we can cheer on sports and find out about sports and keep up with sports the way we want. And no one's going to tell us that like, you know, we're getting our information wrong or no one's going to tell us that what we're doing is stupid. But we're going to keep up with sports the way we want to keep up with sports. And over the next few years, I uh, started to really develop the brand. And I ended up having my son. And my son was born in 2019 at the end of the year. And it was like that was what kicked me into gear. And it took two more years for me to launch the brand from a lot of fear and also being a mom. But I I did eventually. and. 2021 launch sportsish and I now have another I have an 8 month old daughter and this is my full time gig we have two full time employees we have six interns and it is a lot of fun it's everything i could have dreamed of and more i love that i think it's so cool to hear about all the different things that are so specific that to you that led you to creating this platform. But the very cool thing that when there's something you really care about, often you can find a group of people that feel the same way. Yes, definitely. I And I that's what's been the best part is finding people who do want sports the same exact way I do. I'm finding it is way more people than I had anticipated. It's a large percentage of the population are more interested in this side of the game. How does it feel to have reimagined something that already exists and then created that version of it? Because like sports media has existed probably forever, probably ever since humans have been doing media. But what you've done is a reimagined form. So how does it feel to have taken this and kind of worked through the process of reimagining it? It's very niche. And I recognize that. And so it feels good. Like I feel really proud of myself because no one else is doing this. Like when a game ends, no one else is like, let's talk about what this guy was wearing and who he's dating. Everyone's like, let's talk about how many points he scored. But I have to look at sports news in a completely different way. And it is, it's really complicated. Like I I will say that's been the unexpectedly like hardest part of all of this is it it's no one else is doing this. So I'm trying to create this medium, so to speak, that doesn't exist. And um, really like paved my own way. And it's been hard coming up with constant content that is not posted elsewhere. So I feel really proud of myself. It feels really good to answer your question. But it is, it's a daily struggle. Like 
We don't look at a sports story and say, we're going to just throw that up there. Okay, so like Aaron Judge broke the home run record. Let's just talk about that. No, Aaron Judge's mom was in the stands and she was crying and then he handed her the ball and it was like the most spectacular, heartwarming moment. That's what we're covering. Let's put this sports-ish twist on it and post it. So we have to get really creative and it's a learning curve every day, but I'm really enjoying it. So what are things that you've learned or tools that you developed to help you navigate like those challenges? Because like you said, you're creating niche content, which means there aren't necessarily as many places that you can like just reshare content from. A lot of your stuff has to be original. Yeah. Oh, man. So at the end of the day, I feel really blessed because our followers and social media does give you insights into who follows you. And so I see and it's 85-ish percent women. And between the ages of 18 to 40. And so I fall right in there. That is me. I am 30 years old. I am a female and I like sports ish. One thing that has been really helpful is when I dig deep on a story and say, okay, is this something that I would be interested in? Is this something that would make me pause and read or watch? Because I am my demographic, so to speak. And I found that my best work comes from things that I do care about and that I would want to read somewhere or would want to watch somewhere. And those are the stories or the posts that really do the best. That's like my new method is like I create something and then I say, do I love this? Does this speak to me? Because if so, like I think it will speak to our followers. And that's not always the case, 100%, but a lot of times it is. And I think passion just is as contagious. So if you're passionate about it, you do your best work and other people will also, they'll feel that and they also will enjoy. What has helped you find the courage to follow your passions? I think as we get older, sometimes things happen or we just learn more about the world and sometimes we can be a little bit afraid of that. Are there things that have helped you trust yourself and your passions more as you've grown up? Yes. Yes. This is a big one because there were quite literally years where I didn't pursue this, even though I had it in my head because of fear and because of fear of thinking of what other people would think because of fear of not having stable income and a steady paying job. And also like fear of just not knowing what to produce every day, but putting yourself out there is really hard. And I, my mindset really shifted once I had my first child, like my son, and he was born, like I said, at the end of 2019. And one thing that happened was I just looked at him and I said, I can't encourage this little guy to follow his dreams if I'm not following mine. And so I was kicked into gear right away. I need to follow my dreams if I want to encourage my kids to follow theirs. Now I have a girl. It's almost even more apparent to me how important it is, especially with females who maybe historically have been believed to be in the home, but now very much like I want her to know that she can do anything. I guess my courage came from from having kids, becoming a mom. I think a part of me was in awe at what like I could do in terms of caring a child, birthing a child. Like it's just amazing. And it made me feel on top of the world, obviously, like in a lot of pain and obviously like very tired, but also it's just mind blowing what you can do. I never thought my body was capable of this. I never thought like I was mentally capable of it, 
but I do it and I'm proud of it. And so it gives me this motherhood has really just given me a confidence to pursue my dreams. I think that's really cool. I think it's cool how the different people and relationships we have like with each other like can change our perspective and give us the adaptive perspective we need to do a hard thing. Totally. Yes. So as your like career has developed and as you look back through your life, through like when you're a kid, through when you were getting your education, how has what you wanted from your career changed? Like how has what you've wanted it to give you or what you valued in it evolved? Yeah, I think like you look back, like I very much wanted to be a sports reporter. I wanted the bright lights. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be not famous, I guess, but recognized. And now with Sportsish, it's not all me, right? Like a lot of it is just bringing sports through posts or videos. And I'm in it probably twice a week. And then the podcast. And it's so much bigger than me. It is like Sportsish has a common goal. And it's to make people feel like sports are digestible and fun when maybe like they've been made to feel like they're not previously. And so that's the biggest shift is I wanted my career to be very much like about me and my like talents. And now it's very much about this common goal of helping women feel like sports are easy to understand, like easy to follow, like, you know, they can be in a conversation, and someone can talk about the NBA finals, and they can be like, Oh, yeah, like, I know who's playing. And I know that Nikola Jokic, like, he doesn't just play for the Denver Nuggets, but I also know that he wears his wedding ring on his sneaker every game. And, and that's the stuff that's going to get them to watch the NBA finals. So it's very much it's so much bigger than me now. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Does that make it still more sustainable, a shift from a career that's like very focused on you as the center to a career that's focused on building a community? Yeah, yeah, it does. It makes it feel more sustainable. It makes it feel, I don't know, just better in general. Like I think when I was on TV in college, it was all about I needed long hair. I needed like perfect makeup. Like I needed to put my tanning stuff on the night before I went on air. And now it's 0% about any of that because I don't have men watching my page, like judging how I look. I have this community of incredible women who are just looking for sports information. And I could be in a sweatshirt and like sweats and talking about who's dating Jalen Hurts in the NFL and they don't care what I look like. And so it it just makes it, I just love my community and the followers that we have. And we're still small, but I feel like we have this fun little sense of community among us. So as you like look forward to the future and as you think about what you're working towards, what are some hopes that you have for what your ambition will bring into your life or like what this, what the career part of your life will bring into you? So this could be about the sports-ish specifically, but I'm also kind of just thinking about our careers are bigger than the thing we do for work. They're a bigger part of that. So maybe what are some of those bigger picture things of what you hope this will bring into your life or you hope that you'll learn or gain from it? Yeah, I am learning every single day. One thing that's been fun is bringing these young interns on. And I see a lot of like my former self in them. And I like really, what I want to do is to create this place that I wish that I had when I was graduating college. I want to create like an inclusive, like female led, female run 
place where we can like laugh at each other and become friends. And we do like seasonal internships. So like we just brought on our summer interns last week. And I start every single one talking about women in sports and how there's there's a lot of us, but there's not enough of us. There's not too many. There's room at the table for everyone. And if they're in a point in their lives where they feel like competitive with the girl next to them, if they're at a point in their lives where they feel like they need to gossip about people or if feel threatened by like other success, if they look at another woman's success and think, oh man, like I wish that were me. I tell them like they need to do some personal work and I'm here for them if they need me, if they want me on their team. But I just really would have loved in my young 20s, like to be told that stuff is not cool. Pitting women against each other and like being threatened by other people's success, it's not necessary and it will only make you miserable. And I'm like finding this brand is so much bigger than what we're doing. And I really just want to build women's confidence up and build women's and sports's confidence up because I think there's just room at the table for every single woman who wants to sit here. And I hope I'm just creating a place where they can feel included. That's such a beautiful and powerful thing and something that I like hope that we have more of. I've been at the like receiving end of women who feel threatened by scarcity in their career. Like I've been at the receiving end of their behavior and it's just really painful and unfortunate. And so especially in spaces like that are so male dominated, like that is a trap that is like very easy to fall into. So like naming it and helping people at their beginning of their careers, like that's so powerful. Like what an amazing like difference that would make. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I just wish that I had it when I was younger, right? Because any female I saw who was exceeding in sports broadcasting, I was like so jealous of. And jealousy is the ugliest feeling. It makes you, it just really tears you down and it makes you do other things that tear other people down. And so I hope that's something I can get across. It's just not needed. You can thrive in your own individual special way and you'll be better for it. I've really loved chatting with you. Before we wrap up, will you tell people where they can find you on social media? Definitely. We are on all social platforms, TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube Shorts and Facebook and LinkedIn. But a lot of our content is based on Instagram and it's thesports.ish. And like we talked about, we are just a fun place to bring you very easy, digestible sports news. And then we also have a a weekly podcast and that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. I really enjoy the Instagram and I really enjoy the podcast. Those are the places that I consume your content the most. And I recommend it if you want something that's fun. I think one of the funnest things for me recently is I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. My brother is a huge F1 fan. So the week where our like worlds of concern like collided a little bit when people are like, is she dating this F1 driver? That, That was delightful. So I do recommend the content for moments like that. Oh, thank you. Yes, Fernando Alonso. He was really teasing us. He was like hinting that it was happening, but I don't think it actually was. No, Uh, I don't think so either. Lily, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Maddie.
thank you so much for joining me thank you so much share lily for your time you can find me on social media the podcast is at not a backup plan on instagram you can email me madeline k at gmail.com with feedback or guest suggestions you can rate and review this podcast on spotify and apple podcasts it really helps other people find it I cannot wait to chat with you again in two weeks. And until then, remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.